On today's show, one thing that we're watching for, for every single Dallas Maverick, we're going up and down the roster, Luka, Dinwiddie, Dorian, Christian Wood, Jaden Hardy, what's one thing we're watching for, for each Dallas Maverick? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Locked on Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what's one thing you're watching for for a Dallas Maverick this year. Like a player, what's something you watch for? Are you watching for JaVale McGee? How many starts? Something. Let us know in the comment section. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining me, as always, my co host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the Roller Town Toonie, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Yeah, we got to give a shout out to all the Mavs fans who came out to Roller Town Brewery. In uh, Salina, Texas. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We're recording this on... Uh, after a, that. <laughs> after that, on a Thursday night. Uh, but it was really cool. Shout out to Seth. Shout out to Tim with parentheses. Um, shout out to... Uh, gosh, all the different people. Blake. We we met Luka Doncic tonight in person. I did. I, met, I, I, I don't met think him. I did. I met him in wow. person tonight. He's cool. also want to give a shout out to Victor. Victor and I... Stood at the bar for a little bit talking about Terry Rozier, and I'm like, guys, we we just we couldn't stop talking about him. How he needs to become a Maverick. Victor, <laughs> shout out to you today on your UPS drive. He told me how he just saves our pod every day. He's like, Love I got to just save it, it for for that UPS drive. So uh, drive safe. Thanks for listening, bro. <laughs> Appreciate everybody we saw at Roller Town. Thanks to Ben and Skin for having us and for uh, putting us on a panel too with some Moneyball people, some Studio Forty One people with you. Um, some other people across Mavs Media. Tim McMahon was there. Tim Cato was there. Oh, was Tim McMahon there? <laughs> Sharing some stories. Uh, it, it was really good. A lot of, lot of kind words, too, from uh, Ben and Skin. And uh, them. they've always been kind to us yeah. and supporting our show, supporting our careers and, and all of that. And they're just great guys. Incredible stuff. So today we're getting into one thing to, that we're watching for. For every single Maverick. Not like one thing for all of them, but one thing in each player. Because I think each player going into this season is has something different to offer this year. And something different that we're looking for. So let's start right away. Let's go all through. We're going through the whole roster. So this will be a little rapid fire. Luka Doncic. What's one thing you're looking for? You're watching on the court for Luka this year. Yeah, I want to see um, kind of what his facial hair looks like this year. <laughs> what kind of beard is he going to be rocking it, is it going to be trimmed? Is it going to be looking good? Is the neck beard going to be a thing this season? Um, but no, I, I think for Luca, realistically, uh, I want to see his usage this year. Yeah. But what what does that look like? Is it is he going to be near the top of the league? Um, is is he going to set a record with it? I know. Um, is it going to be just insane? Last year, thirty seven point four percent usage percentage. That's percentage of plays that he ends the possession as as he shoots. He Turns the ball over, assist something, thirty-seven point four percent. That's a that's the highest in the NBA last year. The year before that, in the regular season, thirty-six percent. In the playoffs, 
forty percent the last two years. Like that's insane. Yeah. It's insane his usage percentage the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, you could say free throws, you could say three point percentage, um, but yeah, usage rate is what I'm watching the most for. And do the Mavericks change things up? Because the only they're not there's nobody to take the ball out of his hands, right? Dinwiddie's not taking the ball out of his hands more than Brunson did. Maybe about the same but he's not taking the ball out of his hands more. So what do the Mavericks change to get that usage down? Because regular season, it's probably fine, but playoffs, it got to a point where it wore on him at a certain point, and uh, he can't do that forever. So that's definitely something to watch for him. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. Something on the court that I'm watching for Spencer Dinwiddie. How aggressive is he? Because mm. in through, you know, through the playoffs, we were talking about this at Rollertown tonight. Dinwiddie wasn't like super good in the Jazz series. He wasn't great until the end of that Sun series. The Warriors series, he was decent, but like he wasn't this slam dunk, awesome, great like playmaker. He was still trying to feel out his role. And now we we think that we know what his role is going to be, and we think that he understands what his role is going to be. But how aggressive is he going to be? Because in that first game against the Thunder in the preseason, we saw him come out, be aggressive, know his role, be out there, and then. In the second game, we saw him be a little more timid and not really get a ton of shots up. He came off the bench, and he just kind of fit in. It was kind of a guy. I don't know if the Mavericks can have the season they want if Dinwiddie is fitting in. Yeah, they have to have him do his thing. And, you know, the the Dorian story of him, uh, you know, hey, if I'm going to guard LeBron, I need you to do your thing, basically. Uh, I think for me, with Dinwiddie, I'm watching his three-point percentage. Mm. So he's a career 32-point uh, or 32% three-point shooter. In his in, when he when the trade happened and he came over to Dallas, he played those 23 games in Dallas to finish up the year. He shot 40% from three. So big difference there. He shot the three ball really well in Dallas. Can he continue that? That is a huge thing. If you're gonna play off Luka Doncic, look at some of the Jalen Brunson's catch and shoot shots, uh, his three pointers. Like that was huge if you're gonna play off uh, if you're gonna play off Luka. So if he's gonna play with him a lot, start with him. You got to be able to hit the three, and for Dinwiddie, can he can he stay at that level that he did last year? I mean, he hit a game winner from three last year, so yes, he did. And that was a big successful thing for him. Like he has not been a really great three point shooter in his career, but if he can keep that and maintain that, getting the type of attempts he's going to get next to Luca and in this offense, then that's a huge thing for the Mavericks. Yeah, Dorian Finney Smith. We drank a drink at Roller Town that was named after Dorian Finney Smith <laughs> tonight, and it was delicious. Um, something I'm watching for for Dorian Finney-Smith is what else can he add? We know he is one of the best 3 and D players in the NBA. What else can he add? Because he talked about he actually talked about this at Media Day with us and, and for some other people. His first year, he was just like just trying to make it, like just trying to survive. And second year, he's you know a little bit more established, and now he's like a vet. Now he's a vet on the team. He knows his role. He knows he's going to start every game. What else can he add? We've we saw we've seen him the last couple of years sort of add the off the dribble guy coming to close out on him, and he drives and goes to the rim. But is there anything else he can add that might surprise us on the court? That, um, so I guess the one thing I'm watching for is something that I haven't seen yet from Dorian. <laughs> yeah, like offensively, there's nothing really I'm watching for because you know the past two seasons he shot 39 percent from three, 47 percent from the field. Like he's getting more comfortable dribbling the ball. I feel like that. Like what you want from him at his position, he's giving you. Yeah. I think for me, I'm watching his minutes a little bit, but it's more, that's more of the playoffs. He averaged 33 minutes a game last year, 32 the year before that, whatever. I think for me, I, I want to see what level 
he can go to defensively? Can he make himself known as one of the like league wide national talk as one of the like shutdown guys? Can he reach that level? Because we all know he's a good defender, but can he up that level to where he's like legitimately shutting down some guys and national people are really talking about it? Reggie Bullock, easy one for me. Can he keep the three point percentage up through the whole season? Because remember yeah. this this time last year, I mean, we were doing this. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. We were talking about that with Reggie Bullock, where he was playing 17 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then by the time the playoffs came around, he was playing 45 minutes, shooting the three ball really well. And sometimes his hot shooting nights swung Mavericks quarters and swung games and all that. Uh, he had some nights in the AAC where he would hit like six, seven threes in a game where he just can get really hot. They need that early on especially how good the West is going to be. We were talking about it tonight with everybody. The West is going to be really tough. They're going to need to start off really well. And I think Reggie Bullock, can he keep the consistency early? That That's that's huge yep. because he's, he was a little streaky last year with his shot. Uh, percentage is definitely something I'm watching with him. I'll lean a, a slight different direction. It's really the same direction, but I'll just say three-point <laughs> attempts. Uh, he averaged 5.8 for Dallas last year. Can he attempt at least six threes a game? That's something I really want from Reggie uh, this year. But also, yeah, the percentage. Coming up, we're talking about Christian Wood. What's one thing we're looking for this season from Christian Wood on the court? Talk about that and more coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. Uh, game one, Mavericks versus the Suns. The Suns are in turmoil. The Suns are dealing with a bunch of stuff, but they're at home to open their season. What's the spread? What's the spread? What's the point spread? Oh, I think they're going to do uh, Suns by like uh, five and a half. Suns by four and a half. I think it was five and a half. I think it opened at five and a half, and now it's at four and a half. So they're giving the Mavericks a little bit more credit, I guess. And uh, yeah, that one's interesting. If you're wanting to, to look to get into some action during the beginning of the season, this is a great one to start with. If you want to check out some other things, uh, I think they still have Christmas Day. Mavericks four-point favorite against the Lakers at home. That Christmas Day game Let's is going to be so fun. So check that out. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Starts. All right, Isaac Harris, we're continuing our list of one thing we're watching for for every single Dallas Maverick. And for Christian Wood, it's on the court. It's on the court. Like, I'm trying to stay on the court. but Really? Yeah. It's on the court. But can he put it together? Can he put it together? The question is, can Christian Wood put all the defensive stuff Sean Sweeney's been trying to bake into him? He worked with him all offseason. Can he bake in the, I'm part of a whole? He's he's honestly, Christian Wood is honestly Jamie Tart. He's Jamie Tart on this Mavericks team. And he's season one Jamie Tart, where he's really talented. He's really good. Everybody sees it. They see 2010 games. But Ted Lasso's going to have to come up to him and say, Hey, sometimes you think you're one of one, you forget that you're just one of 11, right? And I think that that's something that Christian Wood's going to have to figure out. Can he figure out how to play well on a winning team? Can he put it together and not just go out there and attack for his own buckets, but can he be part of this winning culture? It's on the court, but honestly, that that's mostly off the court to me. Um, Yeah, I mean, can I say, <laughs> um, can I say, will he be on the team by the end of the year? I think that's something <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, no, for him, I, I, I want to see the thing I'm watching for the most is can he buy into the six man role? Yeah. Is that something he can fully buy into? Because I think that's going to be his role all season long. And when he 
thinks he's he's going to put up an all star campaign this year. Uh, he tweeted about it, Derek Rose, telling you know, and yeah. he's you know he he's been used to starting. He's super talented, like you said. Can he buy into the six man role this season? That's the number one thing with him. Because if he like, does, I, I would even put that over his defense because he has to buy into this role to like for this team to be on this playoff team or else they're going to ship him off or whatever it is. Like he's got to buy into this role. And that's before we even talk about like defense or anything. Tim Hardaway Jr. Some say he's like a free agent acquisition for the Mavericks. Others would cringe at that statement and say that he is something I'm watching for, for Tim Hardaway Jr. Is where does he fit? Where does he fit now? Because we just saw that whole Mavericks run where they knew, okay, we have ball handlers. We got guys that come up, go out and, and shoot threes and then defenders. That's That was like their whole thing. And that was a, an identity that worked really well, and they're going to try to do it. Then they bring in Christian Wood. That's a different wild card. Tim Hardaway Jr. is already supposed to be like the scoring wild card. But now he's going to be playing next to Christian Wood. Does he just go out there and play his Tim game? Or is there anything else that he can show us? Does he just go out there and, you know, shoot like seven threes a game and maybe take a couple of mid-range jumpers and that's it. But how does he fit in the offense? That's something I want to know. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I'm really curious to see what type of role, um, you know, coming off the bench and and all of that. Um, He's going to get a shot attempts. You know, he's a, he's a respected veteran on the team. He's going to bring the passion and energy, you know, that some guys like, you know, Josh Green, somebody, you know, doesn't like bring that much. For me, I guess you know, I feel like this is a cop out. It's the three point percentage just because he's going to get it was those down threes. last year. It was. It was right at 33, 34%. The year, the two years before that in Dallas uh, was 39, 39%, and then 40% the year before that. And he's, he stayed shooting at least seven threes a game. We talked a while ago about Bullock shooting six threes a game this coming season. Um, Tim shot seven threes a game at 33% last year. So can that percentage go up? He's still going to play some with Luca and all of that, but can the efficiency go up of him being one of the main guys off the bench? And do you think, do we think he's going to be satisfied with his role? He he came off the bench last year. He was on the bench last year because he was hurt during the playoff run. He watched this whole thing happen. I'm sure he spent a lot of time envisioning what his role would be in this offense and trying to figure out. And now it's a little different. JaVale McGee comes in. Christian Wood comes in. Brunson is gone. Dinwiddie's in a different spot. Like it just changes a little bit. And I wonder if he can see himself in that role. And if he'll be satisfied with his role, definitely coming off the bench. He's not a starter. He was a starter for a lot of the time in the, with the Mavericks the last couple of years. He was the second leading scorer in the playoffs, not this past year, but the year before that. Like, is he going to be satisfied with his role? And does that add to another thing that Jason Kidd and this coaching staff have to kind of figure out and massage and, and sort through with this whole thing? Because if Christian Woods upset with his role and Tim Hardaway Jr. is upset with his role, then like, then then there's a couple then there's a couple of problems and not just one thing to address. Yeah, I don't think he yeah. will be. He seems like a vet that just wants yeah. to, to play for the team and all that. But I can imagine a guy like that that's averaged 18, 19 points a game in his career to be he's going to be like third, fourth option at times when he's on the court this year. And uh, I could see that. Uh, if Luca Dinwiddie, Christian Wood, and Tim are on the court, like he's. He's going to be more of an option than Christian Wood, I think. Okay. JaVale McGee, your guy. You, you've been so high on JaVale McGee. What's something you're watching for? for- JaVale McGee. Uh, his chemistry with Luca in the pick and roll. 
because that that is your defined role on offense as that five man. If you're going to take Dwight Powell's spot, and for all the flack that you know Dwight Powell gets, he <laughs> is great at rim rim rolling, and he has great chemistry with Luca. It's just he lacks in the other areas of rebounding, you know, paint defense, and all that. How how close can Javale and Luca get to that? How close can they get to the Mike Toby Luca connection? How you know how how close can they because Javel's bigger, bigger wingspan. Like, if they can like get 85, 90% of that chemistry with Dwight and Mike, Mike Toby, that's incredible for, yeah. for this team. So I'm watching that that combo. Well, this is their starting point. Joel. 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 Javel. 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 So it can only go up from there. <laughs> Yeah, the, the timing on that, like you think about what Dwight Powell was able to do. It's not even necessarily about how high he could jump or how strong he can get on his his like screens. It's the timing of being able to set a screen, not set a moving screen, which Dwight Powell is pretty good at, and then roll to the basket and then time his jumps with Lucas passes at the same time. Like that's all timing and that's all trying to figure out rhythm. And there were times when we saw Luca and Porzingis try and figure that out, but there hasn't been another big that's really meshed with with Luca like that. Like Moses Brown wasn't wasn't getting the timing down on, on some of those things, and Javale McGee definitely has the opportunity to figure that out. And it's going to be about timing. Now Javale is way taller, has a way bigger catch radius, so his timing doesn't need to be as completely in, in sync accurate as Dwight Powell's did, but uh, he does need to be a little bit. Uh, Maxi Kleba, what's something you're watching with Maxi on the court this year? Can I say games played? Is that? Can I say yeah, that? I mean, that's on the court. I mean, he's literally <laughs> on the court. That's the that's the first step. Uh, last year, he played fifty nine games. Mm. Um, so you know, a year before that, it's fifty. Um, it's just you know, some of the we're obviously getting into COVID stuff and all that at some point. But yeah, true. Uh, but still, like we know, Maxi had an injury history even before he he came over to the Mavs, uh, and just some slight you know little injuries here and there. And they're, they, they're going to want to preserve him, especially for the playoffs. So, you know, do you pencil in? How many games do you pencil in Maxi not playing this year? 15, 20, just to make sure you have him fresh. He just can't. That's what went into the whole like, hey, should Maxi start? And like all this different stuff. It's like he can't start and play 30 minutes a game. That's just he just can't right now. And so I, I just want to see how many games he plays this year. How, how much do they try to preserve him for the playoffs? Because they ask a lot of him defensively. I mean, yeah. there, there were times in the playoffs a couple of years ago he was guarding Kawhi, right? Like that's the extreme amount that they could ask for him on defense. But they ask him to rotate really far from one side to yeah. another. They ask him to defend at the rim and be disciplined at the rim. That's so hard can. to do to stay straight up, be disciplined at the rim on defense. And that wears on you. That wears on legs, really. Like Dorian and Reggie, that's their superpower is their legs. Like their legs and their wind that they can just stay – in really good condition and that they could play that many minutes playing the type of defense that they played in the playoffs. That's their superpower. And Maxi is not on the same level as them athletically. And so asking him to do those kind of things was tough. And that's why he deals with injuries and he was injury prone before he came to the NBA. That's the reason why the Mavericks got him undrafted was because of the injuries that he was dealing with before he came over. So that's definitely, that's a good one to watch for Maxi. just games and minutes and his minutes in the regular season are going to be way lower than what they play him in the playoffs. Like he's going to be this like player that doesn't play a ton in the regular season. And all of a sudden is this massively important player in the playoffs again, coming up. Oh, our favorite guy, Jaden Hardy. You, 
We love talking to him. We love seeing him play. But what are we looking for on the court? Him, Josh Green, Frank Nilakina, and more. We'll talk about them coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we're continuing to name one thing we're watching for for each Dallas Maverick this year. We've gone through most of the rotation. There's a couple more players, though. One player that started a game in the preseason that we haven't talked about yet is Jaden Hardy. I'm I'm looking to see Jaden Hardy is efficient. Jaden Hardy's efficiency because that's a thing that he worked on in the offseason. That's the thing he knows coming into the draft when I joined a couple of his like pre-draft interviews. They allow just like a bunch of media to join on a Zoom and a bunch of people asking questions. And he got that question t- three different times about how can you be more efficient? What's what's about what's efficiency? Because that's the reason why he dropped in the draft. He was supposed to be first round pick. The Mavs were about to take him at 26 if they didn't make the Christian Wood trade. And then they didn't get him. They ended up trading with Sacramento. They get the pick and they bring in Jaden Hardy. But can he be efficient? Can he? And not just efficient in his shots, but be efficient in his minutes because he's going to get like a little opportunity here and there. It's going to be some time. We've talked about him playing in garbage time. He's going to get like a six-minute stretch with starters like he did in the preseason. He's going to get this little stretch here. Can he be efficient in those minutes and prove to this coaching staff, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to, to play now. I'm not just an end of the bench. Throw me in as Isaac Harris's victory cigar. Like I'm ready to play. Ooh. I'm ready to play right now, and I'm ready to contribute right now. Can he be efficient in his minutes and his shots? Of course. Yeah, I mean, besides like question, like, hey, what's his role this season? Victory cigar, actually in the rotation, like all this stuff. I won't do that cop out. I'll just say, um, I'll say his defense because yeah. I think with Jason Kidd, you know, if you want to play good minutes, you got to play good defense. And we're talking about a guy that. We know he's going to bring energy. We know he's a lot of fun. He's going to have fun and smile. We know he can get buckets at all levels on the floor, and he's got confidence. So, like, none of that stuff I have questions about. Question: I do have a question about efficiency and all that stuff, yeah. but I don't even know how many, like, minutes he's going to play. But what's going to lead to minutes is if he busts his butt playing defense, and that's what I, that's what I want to watch. I have another question. How many times during the season am I going to play this? Party. Let's go party. How many times am I going to get to play that? Uh, do you want to set an over-under number on that? Or <laughs> Josh, Sorry, Gre- we're not talking about betting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Green. There's a mini Mavs, Mavs fan hype train about Josh Green. About can he be a contributor? Come on, there's only one thing you're watching for. <laughs> His three-point percentage. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and to me, it's not about the percentage necessarily. It's about how confidently he shoots them. It's about... Can- well, I mean... He shot 36% from three last year. Like, he hit threes, but he only Guys, took one a all- game. <laughs> I've had classmates that I grew up with that thought that they were great singers, and they went up there and sang in, like, a school solo choir. <laughs> Isaac was in choir in high school. Some solos, and they were so confident, but they sucked so bad at singing. I'm like, you need more honest friends. <laughs> So I'm not, it's not just about confidence. Josh Green can be the most confident shooter out there, but if he's shooting about 22%, I don't care how confident he is. I just want to see it go in. It matters. His confidence matters a little bit, I think, because you've got to break out of the. I'm, it's cool in like game one or two or three, well, but if we're like two we're, weeks in and we're still tweeting out, man, it's not going in at all, but man, it's confident. We said that about Reggie Bullock. <laughs> Reggie has a track record. With Josh Green, he's got to get over the, I was alone in the corner 
And Rudy yeah. Gobert didn't even step out at me. Like that's a thing, confidence-wise, he's got to get over. And it's the reason why in the, in the you know the, the training camp, I asked him, "Have you watched that film? Have you looked back and seen like what it looked like? Because it looked a lot worse. And it probably felt a lot worse than it looked for him, but it looked really bad. And so you have to watch that. And he said he had, he had watched it a bunch of times, and even though he hated watching it, um, but yeah, he's gonna work on that. And I hope he's a real contributor this year just me too just spell dorian and reggie a little bit play some good defense Please. do your josh green passing like playmaking a little bit get your one crazy josh green offensive rebound every game and hit some threes confidently step out shoot some threes and hit some threes man please frank nilakina some gms of teams would say that we forget about frank nilakina i didn't i brought him up on this one what's something you're looking for with frank nilakina on the court the french prince um this one's tough. I mean, we're getting in the tough part of the roster here. Um, That's what the people I mean, come to us for, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess for Frank, it's just like, can can you do enough to where you can get some of these backup point guard minutes? Um, yeah, like, can you? What's going to be your specialty to beating out, you know, Josh Green or Jaden Hardy for those backup minutes? And you know, th- that's even if they sound like a composite or something like that, like. What's going to be your thing? Are you going to be so good defensively right. that you're going to be better than Jaden Hardy and Josh Green? Are, are you going to be a more reliable shooter than Josh Green to where they say, all right, I'd rather play Frank over Josh right now because defensively uh, they're kind of the same, but Frank shoots the ball better. Or is Jaden Hardy's offense, his shooting going to be so much better than you? that? So like, can the sum of Frank be better than those other two guys? I guess that's what I'm watching. The weird thing about Frank narrative wise is in the playoffs, we saw a couple of pretty good stretches from him in the sun series. We saw him guard Devin Booker. We saw him guard Chris Paul a little bit. We saw him and it was like kind of impressive. And you go, okay, okay, Frank, like bring something. You're you're 23 years old. Like you're 24. You're still young. You're still trying to figure out what your role is in the NBA and on this new team. And we see, like we see you play some defense like that. And that looked great. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, the coach said Frank can be the backup, the third point guard. Oh, the GM said we forget about Frank so he can be the backup point guard. That's not what he is. He's not the ball creator, like have the ball in his hands, create. He's a three and D guard, and he can be he can be good at that, right? Like we've seen him in stretches be good at that. It's just will he will he be typecast out of what he's good at? Is my question. Will he be typecast as this? Go get your own shot. Go get a shot for somebody else guard because I don't think that's what he is at this point. I mean, he's, this is his yeah. fifth year in the NBA <laughs> or sixth. Is this his sixth year? I get it. I get it mixed up, but he's been in the NBA a little bit. I think we know what Frank is. Well, will he get typecast out of what he actually is? Yep, I agree. This is year. This is year six for Frank Nilakino. Yep, year six. Theo Pinson, our friend and podcast and and fellow podcast host, Theo Pinson. Something I'm watching for on the court is, can he break it, break into this? Because like, he's a better ball handler than some of those other guys. You saw him at UNC. Like, I wish he would give. I wish he would give it, get a chance to be that guy. Because he's a better ball handler, I think, than some of those guys. It's just that, what else can he bring on on the court? Like, what else is he bringing? We know he can pass well. We know he can, you know, make some plays happen. He's a better ball handler, uh, but the question is, you know, what else is he going to bring? Can he get, can he break into that and and win some minutes like literally the last four guys we talked about all have this like pretty big opportunity to step up and become part of the rotation hardy josh green frank nilakina and theo pinson i think all have this opportunity um and we'll see who takes it 
Yeah. I mean, you could also say like bench decorum text uh, <laughs> to see how many, how many, uh, how many times will he be on the court when he's not supposed to be on the court? That's a good one. Yeah. Davis Bertans. Um, yeah, for him, it just goes to three point percentage. Cause that's what he's on the floor to do. Yeah. Like you're not putting him on the floor to do literally anything else besides be a knockdown three point, you know, shooter. Uh, he had a couple seasons in 2018, then 2019 to where he shot over 42% from three. Can he, become or can he get back to being a like a sniper to where it is hey you put him in and he's legitimately 43 44 percent because then that's the way he would get some in it dwight powell i'm looking to see how much does dwight powell even play right like we know what dwight powell is there's nothing on the court that i'm looking for for dwight powell to add or to bring or anything like that i mean we've seen him shoot threes in training camp but we've seen him shoot threes in training camp for years like we've literally i've literally watched him for years take threes he's not just all of a sudden adding that to his game how much will he actually play between javale maxi christian wood how much will he really get out there and, and make an impact uh and then how long will he be on the team? His $10 million expiring deal is a pretty easy, easily tradable contract. And so I'm looking to see when he'll get traded. Uh, what about Tyler Dorsey? Will he make the team? He's on, a no, two, he's, on he's on the two-way right now, but there, there's been some like weird reports out there that he's not going to stay on the two-way. Um, I mean, yeah, for him, it's it's shooting, playmaking. I, I mean, I don't have really any big expectations for, for two-way guys. It, it's a little unique for him because a lot of times you see the two-way guys as guys just trying to make a roster and trying, you know, like it's they're just right out of the draft. He, you know, left some money there in Europe to come over to do this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just I never have any hopes for like two-way guys. Really, Should we have a little bit more expectations because he's like 26, 27? That's where I kind of lean. I kind of get some of the fans that are like, hey, let's see more out of this 27-year-old that we're giving a two-way that, you know, even the the GM has mentioned as maybe one of the ball handlers on this team. But um, for him, it's three-point percentage, too. Like, he's supposed to be this three-point shooting sniper that came over, that worked, that played with Giannis in Eurobasket and all that. He's supposed to be that. And so we'll see. Uh, the last player that's still technically on the roster, McKinley Wright. What are you looking for, McKinley Wright? Let's just say maybe the last, this last preseason game. Um, are are you decent offensively? I mean, <laughs> why did you act like you were surprised? I texted you the names. Uh, McKinley Wright was not on your list that you texted me. Um, <laughs> oh, I kept it as a surprise. That's true. Uh, no, I mean, can he secure the two second two way spot? That's the thing for him. You know, he's really fun on defense. He tries so hard. And I know that's just such a dumb cliche to hear about live. Like you oh, need it God, on this team, hard. but you really do. It, and it stands out whenever got Josh green, it stood out so much whenever they threw Josh green. And it's like, dude, he's trying so hard. Um, can McKinley Wright knock down an open three? Can he continue driving strong to the basket? And is his size used against him a ton? I mean, he's five eleven. So if like you have him and Faku on the same team, it's like, <laughs> all right, y'all just gonna fight it out for who could play Puck in the next X Men movie? Or that's a deep reference. If you got that reference, shoot me a uh, shoot me a DM. There or you go. Tweet. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing you're looking for on the court for a Maverick this season. Thanks for making us your first listen, and now go check out the Locked On. Fantasy Basketball Show, the Locked On NBA Show, or the Odyssey Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview. It's on Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA YouTube, Locked On NBA Podcast Feed. Go check it out. I hosted it all six days. Um, It's been really fun. Roundtables, all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. There's a game tonight. Watch Mavs Jazz.
We'll have a post-game pod. Peace out. Boom!